Hi, everybody, and welcome to Avari Presents On The Go, a podcast covering topics to help you successfully run your life insurance business. I'm Deanne Brinton, AVP of Advisor Experience and Sales Innovations here at Avari. And being a lifetime student, I love learning something new every day. That's my hope for you today, to glean some insight, find a new idea, or just renewed focus on a part of your business. Hi everyone, it's Deanne from Avari. Hope you're doing well. Today, I'm gonna talk about some very simple things that I hope are gonna really help you with your business. In fact, we're gonna number them. 10 things that I wanna share with you. And it's really designed to help you ignite your business potential. So sometimes those giant tasks can be very overwhelming. You know, they always say you can't eat an elephant in one bite, right? But what I want to share with you are some very simple tips to help you with your business today. I'll tell you what we're covering. When someone has existing insurance, what you should do. Thinking about social media and maximizing that. 10 things that require zero talent. Are, are not, are they the ones you want? and three steps and three tips for getting you referred. I'll continue for getting your business card, seriously. Insurance view, what is this? Well, I wanna tell you about it, it's a total package. Learning to wait, W-A-I-T. Rock, sand, and water. And lastly, insights from people who have been around a while. So let's get started. The first topic I wanna talk about, when someone has existing insurance. Now, Don't even think about the opportunity to replace that coverage. Oh, shoot. I know you just did. This is what we naturally do as advisors. We're looking for an opportunity to build our business. We want to give our clients the best thing that they can use in their portfolio or help them plan for their financial future. And oftentimes, it's a review of an insurance policy. Be prepared with a response when someone tells you they already have insurance with something like this. Because remember, in their mind, they already have something that you think you want to offer to them. So try something like, most of my clients are people who have insurance. What I do is help them understand why they purchased that coverage, what it does for them, and help uncover any additional concerns they may have. Does that sound like something that could help you? Now, I'm referencing something from Avari's very own Orphan Policy Checklist. This is a document that resides on our website for all of the advisors who have access to their advisor login to use as a resource. The spirit of it is really to approach somebody who may feel, first of all, they have a barrier up because in their mind, you're offering them something they already have. And also an opportunity for you to bring value to that conversation right from the very beginning. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Say something like, most of my clients are people who have insurance. Number one, you just created a hurting mentality. When you say most of my clients, you imply a few things. First of all, you have clients. And all those people who are your clients, most of them have insurance already. So you created a common denominator. The next part, what I do is help them understand why they purchase that coverage. That is the most important part, the why. We all talk about the why. Why did you purchase the coverage? The next part is, what does it mean for them? So you're helping them understand where does it bring value? So you understand why they did it and where does it bring value to them? And then the third part, and uncover any additional concerns they may have. This allows you an opportunity, again, to share with them that you're bringing something to the table. You're willing to help them right up front. And then, of course, the last question being, does that sound like something that could help you? 
then you're going to determine if they're very happy with what they have or if they're willing to have you involved in that. So that is my number one tip I wanted to share with you today. We're going to move on to the next one. Maxing social media. Wow. This is something that is always evolving. But when you think about how you can utilize social media in your practice, if you have a market analysis, a CRM, a working document of all of your prospects and potentially clients, think about doing something like this. Download your contacts on Facebook and LinkedIn. And don't forget the clients that endorse you because that's for like writing their testimonial, right? But check out your, your prospects on your LinkedIn's before you, you meet with them. Get to know a little bit more about them. Pick a few names of people that you want to get you introduced to and, you know, utilize our social share and our prospecting support to help spread the word. But more importantly, when you think about where social lands in your world, it is not the way that we sell insurance. In fact, it's never been. It's a great way to, for people to understand who you are and what you're about. You can differentiate yourself as a financial advisor using social media. You could connect with someone who's actually thinking about that very thing you want to talk about versus when we go to people and say, here's my agenda. Here are the items I want to talk about. It could involve retirement planning. It could involve their pension that they need to roll over. It could involve you're thinking they need some insurance uh, top-ups or a critical illness or whatever it may be. Social media allows you to have a platform for you to get that word out anytime to any number of people. It's pretty incredible. It is really, in my mind, the opposite of you know target marketing, right? You're really putting that note out there to everyone. You're shotgun approaching the opportunity. And keep in mind, again, people don't always look at social in that time. So you're bringing forward a communication, a connection in a way that someone wants to potentially consume it. It could be an email. It could be a call. It's all of those things. But this gives you another layer of opportunity. So maximize that. Think about social media as your opportunity to just tell people about who you are and why you care about what's going on in their world. Number three, 10 things that require zero talent. This is an article that was written a number of years ago. Um, I'll list the 10 things that require zero talent. So when you're thinking about, you know, how tough your day is, Here's my favorite one, being on time, right? Requires zero talent. Having a good work ethic. You know, people who work hard, they don't necessarily have to have an implicit talent to do that. Effort. Just think about effort in itself. Your body language, your energy, your attitude. Having passion about what you're doing. Being coachable. What does that mean, right? Being open to take in feedback and use it to make yourself better. Doing extra. One of my favorite things I ever worked with was, you know, a line that an advisor I knew for many years said, you know, going to do what we say we're going to do on time with personal excellence. And I, I love that line. And the last one is being prepared. Glenn Mills was a head coach at Racers Track Club in Kingston, Jamaica. He hadn't uh, really had any single athletic medal in his uh, to his name. Um, his fledgling career actually petered out in its infancy. And when he came to the significant realization that he wasn't particularly fast and somewhat insurmountable obstacle in the world of sprinting, um, but he actually loved the sport. And Mills turned his attention to coaching. And the rest, as you see, is history. You're probably not familiar with who Glenn uh, Mills is, um, but his 2Ds at the Racers Track Club have won an incredible, uh, at this point, um, going back several years now, uh, over 70 medals at World Championships, 33 at the Olympic competition level, and that tally continue, tally continue to rise. 19 of them have become from one man, the fastest man ever. 
And uh, we know who that is. Mr. Usain Bolt um, gears up for what may be, you know, uh, one of the most incredible careers in, uh, in that history. But the story really is about Mr. Mills in that he took an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I may not have a particular talent when it comes to sprinting, but I'm going to bring what I can bring forward to that. And that is so true of many people. Um, there's another article that was written uh, shortly after that, that actually explained why all of those things do require talent. So you could either argue either side, but I love the fact that, you know, any one of us can wake up in the morning and do one of those 10 things that is going to bring a lot more to our day and enhance our opportunity to achieve our goals. Number four, we call them the R- the are not and the ones you want. So when you think about your different client bases, who you're talking to, think about clients in this way, just for a moment. Who are the clients that are referring you business? These are the clients you have a great relationship with and they're telling people about you, any chance they get you hope. Then there's the are nots. You have clients that you have a great relationship with and do work, but they are not referring you any business. And then the ones you want. Prospects you want to refer your business. So these are people like accounting firms or estate lawyers or big shots in your community. I'm paraphrasing this from our friend Matt Anderson at Hoopus Performance Networks. But, you know, remember, there's only six degrees of Kevin Bacon, as they say. So your relationships and referrals are very important to your business. You have to keep them at the front of mind. But I just thought it'd be interesting to break it down. So who are the people that are referring to business and what are you doing to thank them and make sure that they keep doing it? Who are the clients you are doing great business with are not referring you and start to understand where that opportunity lies with them. And then your prospects. So people that have those opportunities to refer your business that you're not taking advantage of. Number five, three steps and three tips. Simple as that how to get referred and set the expectation early. And let me tell you, it works. So number one, after confirming your client is pleased with the work you've done, ask them about the people they may know who would benefit from the type of advice you provide. That's very important so that they understand what you're looking for. Let them know that the kind of work that you did for them is a kind of work that you can do for other people. You don't have to tell them all the things that you do and the laundry list of all of the things that you can take care of. Make it a synergy, make it a connection. You help me with this, I know someone who fits that profile. I know someone who has that similar situation, whatever it is. Number two, help your clients provide refer referrals by suggesting groups of people in their community, such as friends, relatives, business associates. Help them discover the profile of who you want to do business with. I mean, ultimately, don't we all want to work with people that we like working with? So if you like working with families, tell them about that. You may say, hey, you know what? I know we just worked on this one particular item in your portfolio that you needed to take care of. But let me tell you a little bit more about the types of clients I work with. And if you know any people that sound like that, I'd love to chat with them. And thirdly, don't be shy. Ask for those introductions. We call them favorable introductions a lot of times. The most successful intros are done in the moment. So practice getting ready for immediate referrals. If you happen to be doing a meeting and you're setting that expectation of, of sharing with your prospect and client of how you build your business and that referrals are very important to you, again, 
don't be afraid to ask for that introduction because people want you to be successful, believe it or not. And if you believe in what you do, then other people are going to believe in it too and want to help you with that. Okay, moving on to number six. Forget your business cards, seriously. Oh, and even more now. (laughs) True or false effective networking is handing out as many business cards as you can. Talking to a few people about their family at an event. Being more interested than interesting. Hmm. Taking time to connect on LinkedIn after a good conversation and following up. Oh, here's a good one. Limiting yourself to having one or two maximum drinks at an event. Talking to the richest or most most influential people at the event. So find that special person, wait in line and get in front of them to talk. I'm asking you as a true and false for a very specific reason. You need to understand why you're going to these opportunities and these uh, networking events. I've talked to many advisors over the years who tell me how involved they are with their different associations and community events. But when we really get into the details and and, and granular in the conversation around what they're doing, oftentimes there's not a lot of purpose to it. So I'll recap. Handing out as many business cards as you can. Is that a business building activity really? Or is that just saying, hey, I came here, I, I dropped off my newspapers, I did my task. Talking to a few people about their family. So again, You've got up, you've got ready, you've gone out to that networking opportunity. Comfort may be talking to a few people that you maybe even know and just talking about family. So where are those opportunities for you if you continually do that? Being more interested than interesting. This is something that is very, very challenging for so many folks because we're in the business of giving advice. But when you think about it, if you could be just more interested in what someone has to say, than interesting about who you are, you may find that you have more meaningful connections as you meet people along the way. Taking time to connect on LinkedIn after a good conversation and following up, well, I think there's a natural one. If you're going to meet someone, whether it's on social media or at a networking event, making that connection and following up to see if there's an opportunity. That's really key, Um, you know, the follow through, as I often call it. Only having one or two drinks, I threw that one in there. I don't care if they're alcoholic drinks or what it is, or if you're just there for the appetizers, but really, why are you there? Are you going there again to, you know, have a bite to eat, say hello to a few folks? Or are you saying, I want to make one meaningful connection at this event today? And the last one was talking to the richest or most influential person at the event. That is, you know, a very big whale to try to land. And I'm sure there's lots of people who are trying to do the same thing. So, you know, maybe start with connecting with some people and working your way up. And, you know, oftentimes those six degrees of Kevin Bacon, as I joked earlier, um, aren't that much to get through. And oftentimes you'll end up connecting with the folks you want to be in front of. So when you can share what you do, how you do it, and most importantly, why you do it, people will start to really remember you when you meet them. Three good conversations will help you more than 25 hellos. So again, just referencing, you know, around what we call an elevator speech, but knowing how to approach those opportunities is so key. And just once you get it, it's just so easy. It's like a well-rehearsed script. Number seven, I'm going to talk about a program called Insurance View, and I call it the total package. I can't share the link right now. It's on avari.ca, and it's called My Insurance View if you want to look it up. But This is an insurance calculator that can really help you. It's easy. It's compliant. It has multi-solutions in one chassis. It's simple. It's economical. It makes sense. All of those things. Who's it appropriate for? 
many, many people that you talk to. But here's the difference. Instead of you seeing the life of a policy being, let's say, a term insurance policy that transitions to a permanent one and all of those transactions, this program allows you to layer a whole bunch of different solutions into one chassis. It potentially can save your clients some premium dollars. It's going to allow you to have multiple conversations on the same platform, again, chassis, to build the solution. So I couldn't help but plug that one. I'm very proud of um, you know my insurance view here at Avari. And so for more details, of course, contact your Avari sales director. They're more than happy to discuss this with you. One last thing about that, too. Um, when you're thinking about qualitative and quantitative questions, you know, make sure that when you're asking questions, it's in a qualitative way. That's going to help you really connect with what's important to your client. And then again, using these types of programs to quantify those solutions is going to be helpful to you. Number eight, this is a very simple one, learning to wait, W-A-I-T. Just on that same theme, we all want to share. We want people to know how smart we are or how insightful we are, but we need to allow the people we serve to travel through their journey of discovery. So wait, why am I talking? <laughs> I won't mention her name, but a lovely lady that I've known for many years in this business had that sign on her computer. I've talked about it many times. And that wait really reminds us to think about why am I talking? So let's talk about a little bit of the difference. When you're presenting versus facilitating, when I'm presenting, I'm telling you my story. When I'm facilitating, I'm helping you move through the process of understanding. Talking versus listening. I know they sound like they're the opposite, but you can actively listen to people without talking to them. You can get your message across by really understanding what people are saying without doing the talking. Asking versus answering. How many times are we so quick to provide the answer? Because we know, and sometimes we get impatient. I've been waiting for this person to get through this so I can just tell them what they need. But asking the questions, digging deeper, I call it peeling the onion. So keep working away, keep working away, asking the questions until you get to the point where you really understand and they understand why. So this is the difference, asking versus answering. And then being interested versus interesting. I just touched on this. This is key for everybody, really being in that moment, generally, you know, being patient with that. Sir Isaac Newton said, you know, genius is patience. And uh, that's such a great one. I had a nickname growing up. My father called me patience as a joke because I wasn't the most patient kid, I guess. But I've learned over the years that it is so true, you know, being the one to uh, sit back, um, take a moment and really, you know, facilitate, listen and ask and you know, be, be interested in what people have to say is really going to have a huge impact on your practice and your business. And number nine, our friend Stephen Covey and his rocks. Boy, he does rock. Um, you can look him up online on any YouTube. It is really about his rock, sand, and water message. Now, if you're not familiar with the concept, he wrote the book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, if you take one thing away, in my mind, it's this one thing to take action on and you'll be ahead of the game. So the concept is we all have 24 hours in our day. And if you took a bottle and you poured water into it and then you started to dump sand into it, you would notice it fills up very quickly. Never mind if you threw rocks on top of that water. We all know the water would splash out and there wouldn't be room for everything. But if you think about rocks as the biggest things in your life, 
and the sand as being some other things that you need to get done and the water being some other things that maybe aren't as much of a priority. And you start off with the rocks in that bottle and then you add the sand and then you add the water. You might be surprised that for the most part, it all fits. And I love that message from Mr. Covey because it is so true. Really paying attention to priorities. And especially these days, it's so easy to get distracted. Some of us are still roaming around our houses, working from home, trying to balance our life and figure out what needs to be done next. And it can blend together and get very blurred. So focusing on the priorities. What is going to be revenue generating activity for your practice, your rocks, right? What are the things you need to do to keep your business going? Answer emails, call people back, deal with some paperwork. That's your sand. And then your water. And again, this is my uh, version of how I understand the concept of rocks, sand, and water. Um, and then adding your water, right? Your water will filter into that. It's going to fill it up. It's going to make it more fulfilling. It's your time around all of those things, your focus around all those things, and your opportunity to fit it all in. And lastly, some insights from, I call the old ones. I think I'm one of the old ones uh, at this point in my career, north of 30 years in the insurance business and still learning something new every day, I'm proud to say. But I mentioned before, insights from the old ones. I've heard things like, do what you say you're going to do. Isn't that simple, huh? Imagine, do what you say you're going to do. Don't overpromise. just do it. And you'll demonstrate to people that you are trusted. It's a very simple, simple concept. Have the courage to be successful, even when it doesn't earn you money right now. Isn't that interesting? So the courage to be successful is a number of things, taking risk, a number of things that might involve you uh, helping someone and serving people. And, you know, if it doesn't earn you money right now, that that's a big one. A lot of people are looking to see that, you know, the earning of money is the measure of success. But I would argue to say that success can be measured in many ways that can help you in your own life and your gratitude and how you approach other people. Um, I love, you know, Stephen Covey, I mentioned again, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Great quote. I also heard uh, a good one. Mediocrity is always at its best. Isn't that so true? Warren Buffett, he claims um, claims of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. Isn't that the truth? And then, of course, Bill Gates, as we all know, if you are born poor, it's not your mistake. But if you die poor, it is your mistake. And of course, when he says poor, I'm going to assume he means in many other ways uh, that include um, your financial status. Interesting insights. Pay attention to, you know, the old ones, as we call it, the old souls, the people around you that can mentor you, that can help you, that are not humble braggers, but really are about saying, hey, you know what, I, I, I care about what's happening. I can give you insight. Now, just to finish up, I want to share with you a few tips on how we can help you grow your business here at Avari. We have a number of resources. If you're listening right now, great. Think about these things. Make a quick note and just jot them down and talk to our sales directors about them. The orphan policy checklist I mentioned, social share and prospecting support, the insurance plan summary, an info organizer, referrals and relationships document. Those five things all reside on avari.ca and they are available to you. And here's some more. We have really good information on a sales process called the advisor sales process. I mentioned my insurance view, the insurance calculator program we have how to have an interactive discovery. We have a worksheet on that, on how to prioritize your client's why 
as part of the conversation. A weekly focus plan. That's our version of, you know, a point system here at Avari, which helps you manage your time a little bit better and so many more. With that, thank you for your time. Have a great rest of whatever you're doing today, and we'll be talking soon. Thank you for listening to Avari Presents On The Go. I hope you found this episode useful for your business. Stay tuned for our next episode dropping shortly. Until then, if you like what you've heard, tell your friends and colleagues, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform.